Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Siada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So this evening I'm really excited because we've got um, someone who um, I've worked with and whose work I really admire on the show. And um, her name is Sarah Lloyd Hughes, and she's the founder of Ginger Public Speaking. And um, I first encountered her probably about, it's probably five years ago now, I think, when I was looking for somebody to help me get from being kind of completely sheepish about speaking, <laughs> speaking in public and um, sharing my, my message and things that I wanted to say. And I, I was looking for someone to support me. And, that's, and I came across Sarah don't actually recall exactly how now but yeah about five years ago and I ended up doing a program with her called the Inspiring Speakers program which then led to me um well doing doing various speaking things since I guess this podcast I would include in them but also um doing a TEDx talk a few years ago and so yes she's someone who's really inspired me and it's great to have you on the show Sarah how are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm, I'm doing really well and I'm very excited to speak to you both. Great. So tell us just a little bit about you and how you would describe what Ginger does right now. Yeah. And where you are. It's always good to know sure. <laughs> where in the world you are right now, where we're talking to you. Yeah. Great. Okay. Literally right now, I am set in my living room um, in Hertfordshire, uh, in the middle of the countryside, horses one side, baby upstairs, just about sleeping as we've established before in yeah. our, in our <laughs> chat. Baby is, is, has just gone to bed and um, I am um, taking the opportunity to to really um, have a moment of nurturing with, with you two ladies. Um, yeah, cool. for, for those of you, well, for, for, for Marianne, obviously you, you know Ginger very well, but yeah. for anyone who hasn't encountered our work, we're, we're all about helping people to find their voice in a way that's authentic. Mm. Uh, so I think if we look at leadership in the world, we've got an awful lot of leaders who are um, speaking in a still a very mechanical, very old fashioned way. And mm-hmm. actually the people who we trust most, the people who inspire us most tend to be the ones who are just the same on stage as they are off stage and who tend to tell um, stories straight from the heart without needing to pretend like there's some kind of big shot, um, just being real. So mm-hmm. that's what inspires me at the moment. And, and that's, that's what my company's founded on. I'm quite interested with the name Ginger. Yeah, the meaning behind it. Is it just literally ginger or there's actually a meaning behind it? There is a meaning, yes. Thanks thanks for the question. Uh, Ginger is like my alter ego. So Beyonce has Sasha Fierce to get her into character on stage. And I have Ginger. Ginger is the sort of guiding principle of who I'd quite like to be. Um, And she is a character. She she has a little figurine, a a doodly hand-drawn image that um, she features in in my book, How to Be Brilliant at Public Speaking. She features on my website. She features in our materials. And she, um, as a character, represents everything that Ginger, the root, represents and also everything that Ginger or redhead redhead individuals seem to represent um, for me which is uh, on the one hand someone who's kind of feisty powerful um, unafraid to speak her mind 
Uh, that's the kind of spice of the ginger. Uh, and then it's also a root that comes from the earth. So it's something grounded, something um, solid, something in a sense homely. So my aspiration as a woman, as a leader, is to combine those two polar um, opposites of characteristics and also to, to help my clients to do the same. Um, so for me, Ginger is like my potential. She's a symbol of who, who I'd like to be. And she's kind of a constant reminder when I'm doing work to try and be her, but also to help other people discover what their Ginger is. I love oh, that. Interesting. So I know that one of the reasons I was excited to get you on the show right now is that I know that you have been speaking a bit about your desire to work with 100 women who are going to make a difference through spreading their message of speaking. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about your vision for that and where, where you're hoping that will go. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I think maybe I'll, I'll say where it started, uh, yeah, looking it around... Too. looking around the world at the moment Uh, okay we're really lucky in the UK that we've got some strong female leaders in Theresa May and Nicola Sturgeon and and others um, sort of heading various parts of our public life but if you look around to most aspects of public life the the number of women um, in in the positions of leadership and with real voices is really low you know women are just 29% of our MPs hopefully that will go up soon uh, with the, the general election but there's still only 20% of senior managers, 20% of um, successful entrepreneurs, of sort of larger scale entrepreneurial businesses, and only 11% of after dinner speakers. And you know, part of me is thinking, hey, where are all the girls, and, and why can't they get past dessert? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wouldn't the world be a better place if we simply had more powerful female voices? Um, I, I never. I, I can't imagine how that could be a bad thing. You know, we as women, uh, and instinctively I, I can feel this even more now as a, as a new mummy, um, we have um, such a tendency to, whatever we're doing, we're thinking of others, we're sharing with others, we're trying to grow other people, we're trying to develop communities, um, and we have such a tendency to bring wonderful things to the world around us. That's why you see so many women working in care professions or sustainability-related professions, charities, and, and, and dot, dot, dot. Um, and also the women within um, more traditionally male enterprises and, and industries, um, they can bring so much balance and, um, and beauty to, let's say, the world of finance or insurance or whatever. Wouldn't it be great to have a few more female voices in, in those very male-dominated uh, industries? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, looking at the best work that we do, uh, you mentioned the Inspiring Speakers Programme, which you've been on yourself, Marianne, so you know what it yeah. does. Um, that, that kind of work is, is our best work. We take people on... Um, longer journeys over six months we give them experiences that terrify them I, I, we hope uh, like speaker's corner for example we'll remember you up there having a go <laughs> um, and um, it's all all about really helping people to find their their true authentic voice that, that's the best work we do um, and so it got me thinking well how can we combine this issue that I'm seeing with women in leadership with with the, what we're able to offer so what we're now launching this year is uh, called the leader's voice yes our aim is to through this program develop a hundred um, visionary female leaders uh, mm-hmm. for the UK but also for beyond and they will be pulled from all sorts of different backgrounds, um, from enterprise, from business, from charities, from, from social causes. And the aim is that we work with women who are already game changers, who are already 
kind of in the habit of getting things done, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they don't quite know how to get their vision out there. Um, mm -hmm. Often you have women who are really competent, really good at, um, at, at doing, but they don't necessarily take the credit. It's often the guys who jump in and say, oh, that, you know, <laughs> that was my idea. Or, um, or, or sometimes the guys are better visionaries than us. So if you look at uh, America and Hillary Clinton, what happened to her with Obama not getting selected against him, what also happened with her against Trump was that there were two gentlemen who... Uh, for better or for worse, we're able to communicate a vision that others resonated with. And yeah. on the other hand, Hillary Clinton, hugely competent, but but didn't quite manage to inspire people in, in the same way. Um, so that's what I'm interested in at the moment, helping us to, we have a real tendency to um, to criticize ourselves and to need everything to be perfect before we dare to speak. Or we wait for somebody else to say, here you go, you have the platform. Um, and I think it's about time that, that we stood up and said, hey, you know what, my voice is in service of others. Uh, yeah. I might just take the platform. Absolutely. I think that's a really yeah. great vision to have. Thank and you. Especially that point of, you know, like women, just having that confidence to speak up, you know, to speak your mind. You know, most women just, just don't have it in them. You know, they have to wait for someone to give them that push. Yeah, absolutely. And I can certainly think of times when I've probably waited for somebody to ask me to, you know, to step forward and say yeah. and, and say things or give or invite me to have to 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 tell them what I think about something rather than stepping forward and saying what I think. And I think it's a lot to do with how we how we're brought up and probably conditioned mm. by the by what goes on around us and the models we see and you know in society as well there's a great little piece Absolutely. of research um, by kpmg that um said that women when the, the way that we report our upbringing is that 86 percent of us report we've been uh, taught as a as a girl to be nice or to be polite or to be kind a good girl in essence yeah. and something like 34 percent only are taught to have an opinion um, wow. and it's a real shame I mean if I had a daughter right now I would certainly even from a young age be be encouraging her um, as much as possible but the language that we use towards our daughters is, is different to our sons and I, I was spotting this with my, my brother has a, um, a a daughter who's fairly similar age to, to my son and um, I noticed that in our family dynamic at Easter, we, we were kind of calling her bossy a little bit. And I remember yeah. being called bossy myself as a, as a young woman. Um, and what does that, how does that affect us? Well, it makes me think there's something wrong with me having an opinion or, um, yeah. or leading um, in comparison to our male counterparts. They don't, they don't get called bossy. <laughs> no, I've noticed that in very, yeah, in people talking to really quite young girls as well since I've been a mum it's quite incredible when you listen to some of the things that we you know including me sometimes say yeah we're really mindful of it and um it's not I mean I think what I don't want to propose is that we all get terribly sensitive and politically correct about all of this because you know I, I think on the other hand the, the way that things are going in, in the media are a bit too sensitive towards certain topics um and it, it actually causes us to restrict our, our freedom of speech mm. um but at the same time, if we, I'm interested in us having um, daring voices as women, really daring to say what's on our mind. But, and that starts with us figuring out what, what opinion we have. You know, we don't always know what we 
what we think. Um, it's not until we express something out loud and have the opportunity to go, oh, that was a bit stupid, shouldn't have said that, that we can figure out what we're, what we're supposed to be um, believing in. And I think actually, in the, on the contrary, when, when things are so close and so scrutinised, like Twitter, and you, know, you can cause a Twitter storm and get sacked immediately, um, when, when people have no opportunity to test out their ideas in a, in a kind of safe space, they have to tow the party line then we kind of squash our um difference of expression and everyone ends up talking the same but but maybe thinking differently mm. so i'm all up for challenging voices and and for having difficult conversations and for expressing as long as we're doing it um in a way that is intending to benefit others i, I think nothing horrific can come from understanding each other a little bit more and having those tricky conversations um, so Sarah, I'm interested in, um, I've seen you, I've seen a few of your posts on Facebook where you were daring people. In fact, I think I participated in one. <laughs> Indeed you did. I what you call, what, I've forgotten the title of them now, but basically just to speak your mind about what you're working on or what you care about without thinking about it too much beforehand. <laughs> this is my perfectly imperfect that's it that's it perfectly (laughs) and I love that concept it's brilliant and um yeah and it's also interesting to sort of see people you know that the the comfort or discomfort with that you know but um I am I'm I'm interested in how how you're gonna um identify the hundred women that you're you're wanting to work with is it just going to be a process of you know seeing who you can find or is there a particular way if someone's listening who thinks they might be one of them what would they do sure yeah okay let me just say about the perfectly imperfect videos oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we, it, it would be really interesting to challenge your network to do this as well so listeners <laughs> the, the, here's the game this is what you do um you have something that you're passionate about and you're probably putting off talking about it um and you probably want to at some point communicate about it but you want to get it right first and, and this is what i was finding i was doing because i was about to launch this big new thing about women and, and wanting to attract some quite senior women and wanting it all to be right so if it's all going to be right then I need to have a studio I need to re- either rehearse every single word and learn it off by heart or get an auto cue I need to have <laughs> professional makeup I need to have a stylist to tell me what to wear dot, 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 dot. and this, this is sort of a massive long list of things I need to do before I'm ready and then as the further I go down that route in my mind, um, the more expensive it becomes and the, the less likely this thing is to happen. So one day I decided, okay, let's just get on with it. And it wasn't like I just switched on the camera and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I had thought about what I wanted to say. But the point was I didn't let my um, perfectionist tendency squash down the ability to press record. Um, so there was me, and I talk about this in the, in the first video, covered in baby stick um, with literally no makeup on, just in a black hoodie um, and um, talking to camera and refusing to do more than one take. So yeah. <laughs> that um, seemed to inspire quite a lot of my network, including you, Marianne. And, and it was really incredible to see the freshness and the vibrancy and the power that you and others had as you were just pressing record and you know speaking for it, it tended to be four four five six minutes um there were a couple that were a bit longer which was actually too much but um i think four, four or five minutes is is quite respectful to people um people mm. watch it people get inspired by it and um particularly when women do this it, it's like yes you go girl like this is your 
opportunity to have a voice without needing to be constrained by it being right. So that, that I think is a hugely rewarding thing to do, whether you've got a, a message right there that you just have to get out somehow, or there were also people who I hadn't seen in years, um, you know, just messaging me a, a little hello, you know, hello, and, and you've asked me to do this, so mm-hmm. here goes, and, and here's how I'm feeling today. Like, anything to get our voices out. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of, the, the, the broader change I'd love to see in the world, that, mm-hmm. that women are really able to voice up and to step out there and that's something that I'm going to be continuing every week now I'm I'm doing one of these and telling a few stories from my life and you know that that if anyone's interested you can find them on via Facebook on the Ginger Public Speaking Facebook group how are you going to find these 100 women (laughs) okay so these 100 women are um basically we're reaching out to our network for women who are already um as I said before already doing and achieving um so they tend to be people who have got some kind of network behind them some kind of financial um, resource because it's important that um the women who we work with for this particular um event need to see themselves um with enough value to be able to um, invest in themselves one and therefore invest in other people um, so I used to be really shy of of money and of asking people for um, you know confident prices in my in my work but what I realized was that was me holding myself back and also holding back my uh, my clients um, so this this program is three times almost the no, two and a bit times the the price of, of my most expensive program to date. It's around about the eight grand mark. Um, and you know what? I think it's absolutely worth it. Um, and I'm, I'm celebrating the worth of this program. I'm celebrating the worth of these women. And the, the women that we're attracting will necessarily need to see themselves on that level um, in order for them to um, take the size of the message uh, that I want them to out there into the world. Mm-hmm. So um, we have, I think, three or four places for um, for social causes that that are considerably less um, price tag because I know that for certain causes, you know, half half of that as a price tag is already you know, wow, that's an incredible price. Mm-hmm. Um, but naturally, the people who will be attracted to the program are. Um, already in a position of, of fairly senior leadership within a company or yeah. um, people who are really mm. well-established entrepreneurs. Mm. And basically what we're doing is we're, we're, we're shifting away from, I mean, I've had some, I'm working with a brilliant, brilliant lady called Kelly Quinn, who is my dear friend and advisor and, and ginger collaborator, but she's also a brilliant marketing mind. And instead of, you know, going out and, and marketing and advertising and posting and all this sort of stuff, we're connecting with, with women and, and seeing, you know, what's your story and, and this is what I see for you and does that resonate? And, you know, it, it's like a kind of authentic version of, of, of advertising. It's kind of I'm, I'm thinking, why did I, didn't I do this in the first place? It feels very natural. Um, it feels like resistance that I used to have around, marketing and, and the kind of lack of knowledge that I used to have around how to do it um, has really turned into it's turned from a weakness and something I was hiding from into something I really feel like I can do so mm. it's been an incredible journey to really consciously conceptualize the ladies that we want to work with mm-hmm. um, they're feisty they they're, they're best described as the kind of woman who 
at school, they were always involved with things. So, you know, they, they were the ones who set up secret societies aged six or, or who had a little business running alongside high school or, you know, women who have had always the habit of doing and innovating and creating and making things happen. And, or maybe the one who always shakes things up or the one who in, in class age 13 was the one who always put her hand up and said, excuse me, miss, there's a mistake on the, in the textbook, you know, that kind of woman who's got that tendency. Um, and we know that investing in her will allow amazing things to happen in the world. If, if we've only got a hundred women to work with, I want them to be the ones who can really create change. Interesting. Mm, Great. Interesting. Very. <laughs> um, I'm interested to know. So in all of this, what then you would say is your biggest challenge the, the real joy and, and challenge is um is motherhood you know um I, it's something that is a daily kind of interesting thing to to see how do we balance being how do i balance being a business owner as well as being a mummy and um, basically I, I have an incredible husband who has decided to partner me in bringing up our our little man which is such a gift um and we share childcare responsibilities and, and we have a nanny uh, once a week. She was just in today. Um, but it still means that I basically have three days a week to get what I would have spent a week doing um, in, in my work. And then on top of that, you know, he's still not sleeping that well. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I really have to be very intentional about what I do and what I ask others to do. So I'm learning so much about and making tons of mistakes about how to manage a team, how to communicate my own vision to my team and to get other people um, mm -hmm. for me. I yeah, know, practice what you I preach. This, yeah. it's, I'm stuff I'm going through too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an incredible enriching thing. And sometimes it's, you know, you sort of sit, in tears with, without really knowing what you're supposed to do next because your brain's so fuzzed from from having not enough sleep and, and still breastfeeding and you know um in case this is not too much detail that that causing me to be kind of lightheaded and you know it, it's it's a challenge and it's it's beautiful and you know I never knew before becoming a mummy how how much that would add to my life and how much appreciation of women that would add to my life um so it's it's difficult and at the same time um I've, I've just recently encountered a few women who are kind of getting to their late 30s or early 40s and, and are, are wondering, should I go further in my career uh, or in, should I reinvest into my business or should I have a baby? And actually for me, I mean, I, I was planning it for more than a year and making some strategic decisions with Ginger that, that made space for, for Leo. And um, I would totally, totally advise any women thinking of, of having a kid but but teetering on it just to be very conscious about it to make a plan to get a brilliant husband who who will help you or someone else who will help you and absolutely to do that and and my feeling is that if we are intentional as women we not only can make it work but we can also take advantage of becoming more visionary leaders in that time when, when we're becoming mummies as well, just as you're doing, Marianne, actually, um, mm. that rather than um, taking on all the work and doing all the work ourselves, we have to figure out 
what is it that I want and who can I ask to help me? And it's, it's, it definitely motherhood for me has focused the mind. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like you said, it's like there's definitely less time. And so what you do do and, and what you do yourself and what other people do for you has mm. comes into so much sharper focus, doesn't it? But I, I totally agree. I found it like a journey of actually getting almost a strange clarity from the, as you say, sometimes hazy motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it shifts like my son's yeah, nearly two years older than yours, but it shifts. But I'm still doing mm. three days a week, really. And most of the time anyway, and with share and there's, we have some help and all of that stuff, too. But um, it's definitely mm. it's definitely been something that although it's lessened my time for all the other projects in my life. And as you probably both know, there's been many over the years. Um, it's definitely been for me as well something that's really yeah focused and crystallized things so yeah I totally mm. relate to that Sarah definitely you know, I, I think I've also encountered women recently in, in reaching out to, to various brilliant ladies that have um gone into the position you know they, they don't have kids yet but that they remember being idealistic and I don't know if, if, if you had this ever that as a young woman you had this idea of where your career was going to go and and isn't this amazing isn't life incredible and then as as you get a mortgage and as you get a little bit older um the the dreams drift further and further away and, and we end up uh, and again this is i think uh, a womany thing but i think guys can also do it as well we end up um serving what other people say we should be doing as opposed to specializing um and as opposed to saying this is what I want to create, you know, mm. I, I, really seeing that it's possible to m- make some decisions about how you want your life to be. And it, even if it does take a little bit of sacrifice uh, or potentially not getting that house now or not getting that car or not getting that dress or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, for me, the most important thing is, is to be uh, living a life in a way that feels congruent for me, to, for my values, for my beliefs and, and doing it in a way that, essentially I enjoy and, and those two things are basically the same thing if, if I feel like I'm in line with, with my values um, I'm going to enjoy what I do um, and it, it, it's an incredible richness to know every day that either I'm looking after my son whoa where did that come from or I'm I'm working with incredible people um, on work that that I find absolutely inspiring absolutely that's cool eh? mm-hmm. well, like, yeah, it is. yeah it is and it's also somehow it's like when you put it like that you can it, it yeah and that I feel like that too and when you put it when you hold it like that rather than oh my goodness I'm trying to do all these things and it's too hard but when you if you hold it like that I think you can make better decisions about what you what you're able to do and what you need to you know maybe let go of or you know pass on to someone else or whatever that is you know yeah yeah and that, that of course doesn't stop the horrible moments and, and that's why I think no. what you guys, what you girls are doing is is incredible because you're creating a space for for nurture and and we all need that we all yeah. need that the the more we can really look after ourselves um the the better uh, are equipped to serve others you know the some of my speakers recently were talking about care workers in the NHS and and how poorly they are cared for themselves yeah. and, and how can you expect to give out care yeah. if you're not receiving it for yourself 
And we've got a chronic problem with that, I think, in lots of our kind of caring professions, which, as you pointed out near the beginning of our conversation, is uh, often where women are. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that, that, that I care deeply about. And um, Sarah, mm-hmm. tell us how you, um, what, what, what things do you do to look after yourself and relax when you're not being a mum? or a ginger founder, <laughs> if there were any of those moments ever. Yeah. <laughs> there are some of them. I mean, I'd love to tell you, I mean, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, and I'd love to tell you that I spend all of my time deep in meditation and, I'm, you know, super, super sort of spacious and holy. Um, I, I do meditate, and that is, it has been a big part of my life um, historically, but at the moment I don't have time for, well, actually that's a really bad thing to say. I choose to relax in a different way at, at yeah. the moment than I actually wish I, w- I would get back into that habit. That's an intention I'd like to, to work. Yeah. Um, these days at the moment, my evenings tend to be me cuddling myself with a, a nice, um, pot of something chocolatey and a nice bit of telly you know I, I love yeah. a, good, a good bit of master chef at the moment <laughs> sounds really awesome. yeah. Yeah. I think good let's embrace the trashy as well as uh, you know <laughs> I, I think whatever it is that that is needed is important um yeah. and of course on top of that I mean I I'm not the world social person um when i have moments because my my work life is very yeah. extrovert because i'm a trainer because i'm a public figure um i have an extrovert work and i often just need a very introvert moment in my little den to mm. to, to come back to myself yeah so that's 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 typically how i spend my my downtime beautiful Thanks, Sarah. So finally, I just want to ask you, so anyone is listening to this and thinking that maybe they know or they are one of these women who might want to work with you or who just wants to find out more about your work, how do they get in touch with you? Where can we find you? Um, I know I know, but can you tell our listeners? (laughs) And uh, just an an additional one, if someone as well is, let's say, in Tanzania and, you know, would like to get some training from you, as well do you provide the service um so gingerpublicspeaking.com is our website um yes we have some online courses particularly for people who are interested in um writing great speeches we have a, an online ted style training uh, so if you want to learn how to do a ted style talk we've got anything from a a very sort of low cost um, workbook that that you can access through to a full on um, online course that um, is is me talking you through every step of how to write and deliver a really really brilliant talk. Um, so that's that's how to get involved in uh, in an online capacity, mm-hmm. and then. For, for those who are in or accessible to the UK, we, we do have people who, I mean, I've, I've had someone fly over from Kenya to do one of our courses, someone fly from Saudi Arabia to, to commute to do our six-month inspiring speakers program. So wow. beyond the world, realms of, of possibility that, that we have people from different countries. Um, okay. But it, typically for, for Brits and, um, and, and nearby folks, um, it, we have a monthly basic course, the Foundations of Excellent Public Speaking. Uh, we have the six-month Inspiring Speakers Program, which is around two thousand eight hundred mm. um, for the uh, the price tag. And mm-hmm. then, as I say, for for these more senior women, the the leader's voice is is the is the thing. So, um, I'm really open to anyone who resonates with what I've said. Just 
drop me a line you know we're on twitter at ginger nibbles um we're on facebook you can find me on linkedin you can find me in various different places and um you know aside from all the other things that i'm up to with little man and and so on um i'd be really happy to to receive a little hello or share a bit of your story do me a perfectly imperfect video of your own and post it to me i'd love to see one Uh, (laughs) and um you know the thing that would would please me most is is if as a result of our conversation today even just a handful of women felt like yeah i could now just speak without needing to critique myself so much that's a great message to end on sarah thank you so much for being with us this evening oh and one thing did you say your twitter was at ginger nipples or nibbles (laughs) (laughs) nibbles i thought you said nipples (laughs) Um, i'm gonna change it now And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com.